0: I wanted to talk with you about, uh, uh, I mean, the different genres of poetry, mm-hmm. and um, I was thinking about uh, what Aristotle says in the Poetics that uh, the po and you know as well as I do that uh, the poet in Aristotle's world in ancient Greece was was uh, you know was uh, a title that belonged to many people who worked in many different crafts yeah. such as theater, painting, whatever, and when he says that a poet should speak not in his own language, Mm. then, you know,
1: in his his own voice,
0: yeah, in his own voice, then I, you know, thought about, yes, but uh, what voice should he speak in then, Mm. you know, and uh, I think that is uh, a question one has to ask, because if you just said you don't do that, okay, then what should I do, and uh, I'm not going to blame Aristotle for anything, but, uh, (laughs) I mean, that is left uh, unresolved. Mm. There.
1: And I, th- I think this is uh, a fundamental point because it tells you that the point is storytelling and not self-expression. Mm. Uh, I remember uh, I learned so much from that conversation with Cheng Wu, just to sort of circle in on, on the topic here. Uh, this period in Chinese painting the 10th century where they had a, a concept which translates as me is not there. Mm-hmm. And then when it goes down and they start with big signatures and writing uh, on, on these yeah. uh, uh, paintings, uh, then it's me is there. So it's the same, same, same idea that you shall, you shall not be the voice, but what is happening there shall be the voice. But then, I mean, or,
0: this, that can easily be misunderstood because, uh, yeah. uh, I mean, I, I can speak from my own experiences that when I've written poetry, the few times I have done it, uh, I've always had to mix in some of myself in a way like i have experienced something and i want to write about that experience mm-hmm. uh, sometimes i've sat down and thought i'm going to construct the perfect poem uh, <laughs> and all these rules blah 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 mm-hmm. and that goes very bad um so but so but with this chinese painter obviously it's his it is his perspective he's looking at this landscape he Um, He's drawn to that landscape, but he's not mixing himself into it, his persona into it.
1: Well, I think the point was also that you studied so many times that it's nature that you are uh, emulating. Not your own voice. I mean, of mm. course, it is you standing there. That That's uh, fine. It know? has to be an element yeah.
0: of pathos in there that comes from yeah. the yeah, yeah, yeah. spectator.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's because it, the alternative would be in, indifference. And that's...
0: <laughs> yeah, camera.
1: <laughs> that, yeah, that's, that's not the way to go. Yeah. I mean, this is why I, I was so struck by that. I mean, you're your, uh, the, the man who, who uh, taught your mother f- fiddle. Mm. Said that originality is the, the fault you make as you imitate your master. So you're trying to reach something that is of really high quality, but unfortunately, we, we can still see that it's made by you. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, so, so of course, there's something there that is, well, your personality, some whatever, I don't know. Um, but I was thinking you know, when you're talking about Aristotle, and his major thing is, is action, not character. Mm. And I've sort of had a little uh, existential crisis <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> because I know, as you know, uh, Moby Dick is one of my brain damages. And yeah. that, uh, as I talked with, with Carl, questions about, you can, I can understand that people can perceive that as quite boring. Luckily, I heard it on audiobook, so I was yeah. just captivated by it. But a lot of things that happens there is, is characterization and animation And making things sort of into a pantheistic totality. It's not really about something happening. Of course, I'm exaggerating a little bit. And I'm thinking, well, how does he make it work? Well, one thing is that he makes everything extremely important. And I don't know if that is, you know... Because there's another thing too. The painter Anne Herrero, I talked with her a little bit. Mm. And she mentioned, I don't know if you heard about this, uh, uh, Hemingway talked about the iceberg theory.
0: Iceberg theory? Yeah,
1: it's like you see one eighth or one ninth or whatever, and the rest is under, you know. And but in relation to what the literature? To a work. Okay. So, and and I can understand that, but it, in the same time, it can easily sort of trick you into believing that oh, I know that there's so, mu- so much deep things beneath here, mm-hmm. but you only see this little on the surface. Yeah. And that can really trick you into just sort of making boring portraits if you think that is enough, right?
0: That's to have a lot of things underneath?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you, if, I mean th- that's the thing. When you look at Andrew Wyeth, for example, yeah. um, he manages to pull that off. It's, it's not Baroque in any shape, way or form. But he manages in the best works to make it so important that it is some kind of a narrative after all yeah. and and um yeah
0: yeah well, but i I mean, I want to go back to to the start here with mm. with Aristotle, and you should not use your own voice, then what voice should you use, and I think yeah. that the examples you came up with um <coughs> were <laughs> It was a a lot of different examples, which is good because yeah. I think that the voice the poet should speak in is the voice of of his chosen direction you know if you if you yeah. choose opera, there are sets of rules if you choose uh, the novel form, there are sets of rules if you choose mm. paintings, it's a set of rules so and I think that uh, and, and that's really striking to me that uh, people have different talents but very often those who become really the best are those who understand Mm. the craft they are entering into and the certain rules Mm -hmm. Uh, for example in painting i mean what (laughs) what is unique to painting what do you have to do in order to take advantage of of the form we call painting
1: yeah well that's uh, what i was thinking about when it comes to uh, uh, save the cat that book on on screenwriting that there's so much you can learn from it as a painter because it teaches you to n- mm. not think in arty ways yes uh, but you cannot literally translate how each scene shall be shall be followed by another scene and how that shall develop you cannot mm. because you're working on one image mm. um, but then uh, when you're talking about about aristotle and and that you shall not speak in your own in your own voice. You're saying that you have to understand the premise of the actual discipline you're working in. But you're not yeah. talking. About, I, mean, I I'm thinking about how things. Well, I think.
0: I think sometimes when people say you have to find your own style. Yeah. I mean, it's most like cliche, but there is some truth in it. Yeah. That you have to choose a style and stick to it and learn it properly. Mm. And I think, as you mentioned, with but do you di-
1: mean discipline and like well, painting? Yeah.
0: Well. well, well I think you can even transfer it over to a style. I mean, even, you know, with odd, you can see students who, you can see some students who compose in a little bit baroque way. Mm -hmm. You can see some students who compose in a renaissance way more. Renaissance, yeah. Uh, Yeah. And some people who compose more like the French renaissance. I mean, like, big (laughs) landscape, small figures. Mm -hmm. And those different styles follow... A little bit different rules. You cannot right. just mix everything into the mix master and <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. everything you love, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and then, yeah. I mean, because if you do that with food, you get this greasy, horrible drink. Mm. And it's the mm. same with painting or literature. And, you know, I've noticed with literature, since you mentioned Moby Dick, something interesting about literature is that even the length changes the form. So, Moby Dick is a big book, mm. fairly big book. Yeah. The bigger a book is, firstly, it has to be tragic, but it can also be quite boring for quite many pages. It doesn't matter, you know. Yeah. Some of the greatest literature in the world has some very boring passages. Everything from Dostoevsky but to. But why would that be necessary? That is a question, but uh, yeah. but uh, which we can come okay. back to. But it's not. It can be boring. It's not a big problem. But yeah. if you go a little bit smaller in format to a short book, if it's boring, it's a catastrophe. Mm. But also,
1: it oh, yeah, cannot yeah.
0: Oh. be as tragic. Mm. If you go down to a short story, then it has to have a sort of humorous point mm. at the end. So the shorter the story is, the more comedic you have to make it. Mm-hmm. It can't be so tragic. And if you and if you pull every, it all down to one sentence, an aphorism, mm. if it's not funny, you're dead. <laughs> you know. Mm. Uh, so mm. even the different lengths. ...follow different sets of rules. I mean, you have, you have the short stories by Dahl, mm. you know? Yeah. Very clear structure. It's something mysterious. It builds up, and then towards the end you get a sort of a shock relation... What, what is it called? Shock. A revelation. Rel- revelation, revelation yeah. Yeah. Which is quite funny, you mm. know? Mm. You, can't, you don't do that in Moby Dick. Moby Dick is a big, epic book. Yeah. It can be boring for many pages. It doesn't matter. It's a complete different kind of form.
1: Thank you for checking out this video from the Cave of If you want to watch the entire segment, head over to caveofapalace.com/donate and become a five-dollar patron. Then you can access our master classes, bonus material with our guests, painting videos, and more.